thank you, Father, for a glorious day, a greater glory, a greater light. Let the brightness of his love shine through you and to you, through all the darkness, his light piercing through those who are in great darkness have seen a light, and his name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. The revolutions of the white sun and the white moon. We were watching the return of the king the other night. You have to see, you have to hear in this glory what Gandalf said to Pippin. When they arrived at the city of the white tree of Gondor, this is what Gandalf said. A thousand years this city has stood. Now at the whim of a madman it will fall. The white tree, the tree of the king, will never bloom again. To which Pippin said, Why are they still guarding it? They guard it because they have hope. A faint and fading hope that one day it will flower. A king will come. And this city will be as it once was, before it fell into decay. The old wisdom, born out of the West, was forsaken. Kings made their tombs more splendid than the houses of the living, and counted the old names of their descent dearer than the names of their sons. Childless lords sat in aged halls, musing on heraldry, or in high, cold towers, asking questions of the stars. And so, the people of Gondor fell into ruin. The line of kings failed, the white tree withered, the rule of Gondor was given over to lesser men. And Pippin looks into Mordor. Mordor. Yes. Gandalf said, there it lies. The city has dwelt ever in the sight of its shadow. A storm is coming. This is not the weather of the world. This is the device of Sauron's making. A broil of fumes he sends ahead of his host. The orcs of Mordor have no love of daylight. So he covers the face of the sun 
to ease their passage along the road to war. When the shadow of Mordor reaches this city, it will begin. Glory. In his presence, he existed and has revealed to the saints and to the righteous the wisdom of the Lord of Spirits, for he has preserved the lot of the righteous because they have hated and rejected this world of iniquity and have detested all its works and ways in the name of the Lord of Spirits. For in his name shall they be preserved, and his will shall be their life. His will shall be their life. In those days shall the kings of the earth and the mighty men who have gained the world by their achievements become humble in countenance. For in the day of their anxiety and trouble, their souls shall not be saved. And they shall be in subjection to those whom I have chosen. I will cast them like hay into the fire and like lead into the water. Thus shall they burn in the presence of the righteous and sink in the presence of the holy. Nor shall a tenth part of them be found. But in the day of their trouble the world shall obtain tranquility, in his presence shall they fall and not be raised up again, nor shall there be anyone to take them out of his hands and to lift them up. For they have denied the Lord of Spirits and his Messiah. The name of the Lord of the Spirit shall be blessed. I will cast them like hay into the fire and like lead into the water. Thus shall they burn in the presence of the righteous and sink in the presence of the holy. Nor shall a tenth part of them be found. Nor shall a tenth part of them be found. The meaning of Epa, E-P-H-A-H. Epa is an ancient Hebrew unit of dry measure equal to one-tenth of a homer or a little over a bushel. A tenth, one-tenth. The parable of the lamp under a bushel is one of the parables of Jesus. It appears in Matthew 5, 14 through 15, Mark 4, 21 through 25, and Luke 8, 16 through 18. In the Orthodox Jewish Bible in Matthew 5, 14 through 15, it says, You are the Or Ha'olam, the light of the world, a city lying on a mountaintop cannot be hidden. And here it says in verse 15, No one, after lighting a menorah, places it under a measuring basket, 
but on the table it gives or light to all the house no one after lighting a menorah places it under a measuring basket that lamp is the menorah in the tree of life version matthew 5 14 through 15 you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people put a lamp neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket they put it on a lamp stand so that it gives light to all in the house lampstand menorah glory time to light the menorah hanukkah is an eight day holiday celebrating the rededication of the temple in jerusalem happy hanukkah <laughs> it's not even thanksgiving i don't want to hear about hanukkah and christmas yet oh oh hanukkah is here <laughs> Time to rededicate your temple in the eighth day glory. Lampstand of Zechariah chapter 4. The gold lampstand and the two olive trees. When the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep, he asked me, What do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps and there are two olive trees by it one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left I asked the angel who talked with me what are these my lord he answered do you not know what these are no my lord I replied so he said to me this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground, and he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise a day of small things since the seven eyes? Woo! Woo! <laughs> of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again I asked him, What are these two olive branches beside the gold pipes that pour out golden oil. He replied, Do you not know what these are? No, my lord, I said. 
So he said, <laughs> isn't that relatable? <laughs> hey, the angels showed up. Don't you know what this is? No. Can you please explain to me. Explain to me the mysteries, please. Oh, help us, Lord. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. Matthew 5, 6 in the Orthodox Jewish Bible Ashrei are the ones hungering and thirsting for Zedekat Hashem Zedek Olamim which means everlasting righteousness the everlasting righteousness mentioned in Daniel 9, 24 for they will be satisfied T-Z-E-D-E-K Olamim O-L-A-M-I-M Zedek Olamim Everlasting Righteousness is a key Daniel 9.24 Oh man this You can look it up in regular English Bible It's about to make an end of sin, to restrain the transgression, to make an end of sin, and to bring in Zedek Olamim, O Everlasting Righteousness, and to seal up the Chazon and Navi and anoint the Kadesh Hakodashim. Okay. Google it. Seventy weeks are decreed for your people. <laughs> and your holy city to finish the transgression to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal both vision and prophet and to anoint a most holy place to finish transgression to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal both vision and profit and to anoint a most holy place Matthew from Matthew 5 15 through 17 no one after lighting a menorah places it under a measuring basket but on the table and it gives light in all the house in like manner let your light so shine before B'nai Adam that they may see your good works and give kavod glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before B'nai Adam that they may see your good works and give kavod glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the Nevim. I did not come to abolish but complete. Give Kavad glory to the Father in heaven by bringing in everlasting righteousness 
Zedek Olamim. As he says in another place, you are a Kohen, a priest, forever. After the order of Melchizedek, it is Malki Zedek. M-A-L-K-I. And in your notes, you can write M-A-L-K-I dash Zedek. T-Z-E-D-E-K. You are a priest forever after the order of Malki Zedek. Melchizedek. That is the same Zedek as everlasting righteousness. Zedek Olamim. Melchizedek, the order of righteousness. Kohen means priest. You are a priest forever after the order of the king of everlasting righteousness. How do you know what trees they are of which seed and seed line you will know them by their fruits? It is written. Fruit that lasts, it is written. Fruit that lasts. Everlasting righteousness. Oh, the appearance of righteousness and the everlasting righteousness. The two trees in the garden. The root words forming Melchizedek. And for your notes, it is from these two root words from H4428 and H6664. Again, that's from these two Hebrew wor- root words. The first one, H. 4428 and H6664. So you can look those up on your own time if you'd like. The KJV translates Strong's H4428, the first part, in this following manner King, Royal, Hamelech, Malcolm, and, listen to this, Moloch. Moloch. Oh, yes. That first root word, king, royal, Malcolm, or Moloch. Oh, yes. Oh, we're going there. Malek. Similar, uh, also, it references H4427, a king or royal king. And the second root word here in Hebrew, Strong's H6664 in the following manner. Righteousness. Just. Justice. Righteous. Righteously. Right. Righteous cause. And also, unrighteousness. Oh. So depending on how this is written, we could be talking about King Royal king of royal righteousness lasting forever right righteous cause and just and justice it's it, that word that second part of Melchizedek is righteousness but it also means just uprightness and justice that's all combined in that meaning of righteousness that's why when you're reading it and it says the just will inherit this the just is talking about the righteous upright just and justice and righteousness are the foundations of his throne 
But depending on how it's written here, we could we could also get Moloch or Moloch. M O L O C H or M O L E C H of unrighteousness. With these here. Okay. Justice, rightness, righteousness. So also having to do with what is right, just, rightness, justness of weights and measures. Weights and measures. Righteousness in government of judges, rulers, kings of law, of the Davidic king of the Messiah, an attribute of God of Jerusalem as a seat of just government, righteousness, justice in cause, rightness in speech, righteousness as ethically right, righteousness as vindicated, justification, in controversy, deliverance, victory, prosperity, of God as a covenant-keeping redemption, in the name of the messianic king, of the people enjoying salvation, and also of Cyrus. And these are all in that root of Strong's H6664. The two root words forming Melchizedek. Oh, yes. And at the end of this here, they also reference that root Zedek, Zedek, from H6663, the right which is the right, natural, moral, or legal, or equity, abstractly, or figuratively, prosperity. And on the flip side here of that also, that which is altogether unrighteous, unjust. And here, ooh, kalaikra. In these old notes here, the physical sense, straightness, rightness, straight paths, rectitude, what is right and just, what is so or ought to be so. H6664, those two root, root words of righteousness, of Melchizedek. For your notes, it's H4428 and H6664. Straight paths. What is right? Just. Normal. Rightness. Justness of weights and measures. Well, you can find that same root word of rightness and justice of H6664 in Leviticus 1936. Just balances. Just weights. A just epa. E-P-H-A-H, which we just talked about that, a bushel. It's about a bushel. Epa, and a just hen, and shall ye have, I am, the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. So to recap, the root words forming Melchizedek, from H4428, meaning Melech or Melech, or Malak, or Malak. To reign, to be a king, to be made king or made queen. To rule, to set up, surely. To become king or queen, to reign. To counsel and to advise. Or to consider. Malak, Malak. 
a primitive root to reign, inceptively to ascend the throne, causatively to induct into royalty, hence by implication to counsel, consult, indeed to make, set up, to be a king, to be made queen. Kurana. So those two root words forming Melchizedek, the first meaning king, royal, Hemelech, Hemelech, <laughs> Malcolm, Moloch, and the second one, righteousness, justice, righteous, righteously, righteous cause, or unrighteousness. So that could be either a royal king of righteousness and justice, or the flip side is Moloch or Molech of unrighteousness. The tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Melchizedek, the priest king messiah, versus Molech. Molech, the unrighteous, false ruler, false king. This is the order of Melchizedek versus the satanic order of Mel Melchizedek. Oh yeah. The order of Melchizedek versus the satanic order of Melchizedek. As soon as I finished writing this segment of my notes, when I was making my notes here, right away, Brandon started reading Jubilees out loud about their wicked groves. So as I was listening to the Holy Spirit and writing down what the Spirit was telling me and teaching me about these root meanings of these words in the in the translation of Melchizedek and the unveiling of the tree of life versus a tree of the knowledge of good and evil of Jesus Christ as Melchizedek and Molech being the head or you know, being in that position of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as the satanic order of Melchizedek, that king of unrighteousness. Soon as I write down the order of Melchizedek versus the satanic order of Melchizedek, Brandon was in the room, uh, in the same room as me, and he started reading Jubilees chapter one out loud. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you, to, or if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. Check it out, play it, blast it in your home. That was so powerful. It's Jubilee's chapter one that exposes their groves, the groves of Moloch and the prayer against the people going after Belial. Belial. So powerful. When he started reading that, it was just like confronting all of that stuff. Hey, synchronize in the spirit. Also notice that Hebrew H664 Zedek, righteousness, just, justice. 666, the number of man, and four, the fourth day of creation. And, and look, this is what's interesting about the fourth day of creation. And in the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl 
that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. In the open firmament of heaven. And fowl that may fly above the earth. Which is interesting. We talk about Moloch and the bohemian groves in California that serve these demon gods. You hear about the, you know, different animal things they have going on over there. Moloch, the name of the idol god of the Ammonites, to which human victims, particularly young children, were offered in sacrifice. Its image was a hollow, brazen figure with the head of an ox and outstretched human arms. It was heated red-hot by a fire from within, and the little ones placed in its arms to be slowly burned, while to prevent the parents from hearing the dying cries, the sacrificing priests beat drums. And a Belier and Moloch groves are mentioned in Jubilees 1. That's Belial and Moloch. God's revelation to Moses on Mount Sinai. Oh, Jubilees. Many will perish, and they will be taken captive, and will fall into the hands of the enemy, because they have forsaken my ordinances and my commands, and the festivals of my covenant, and my Sabbaths, and my holy place, which I have hallowed for myself in their midst, and my depth. Tabernacle, ooh, and my sanctuary, which I have hallowed for myself in the midst of the land, that I should set my name upon it, and that it should dwell there. And they will make to themselves high places, and groves, and graven images, and they will worship each his own graven image, so as to go astray, and they will sacrifice their children to demons, and do all the works of the error of their hearts. And I will send witnesses unto them, that I may witness against them, but they will not hear, and will slay the witnesses also, and they will persecute those who seek the law, and they will abrogate and change everything so as to work evil before my eyes, and I shall hide my face from them. And I shall deliver them into the hand of the Gentiles for captivity, and for a prey, and for devouring. And I shall remove them from the midst of the land. And I shall scatter them from amongst the Gentiles. And they will forget all my law, and all my commandments, and all my judgments. And will go astray as to new moons, and Sabbaths, festivals, and jubilees, and ordinances. And after this, they will turn to me from amongst the Gentiles with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their strength and I shall gather them from amongst the Gentiles and they will seek me so that I shall be found of them when they seek me with all their heart and with all their soul and I shall disclose to them abounding peace with righteousness and I shall remove them the plant of uprightness with all my heart and with all my soul and they will be for a blessing and not for a curse and they will be the head and not the tail 
and I shall build my sanctuary in their midst, and I shall dwell with them. You see, you hear the, the religious spirit quotes, you are the head and not the tail. So much, what is being the head and not the tail? Uprightness, the plant of righteousness, everlasting righteousness, Jesus Christ, in the order of Melchizedek, Christ within you, the seven spirits of God. And I shall not forsake them nor fail them, for I am the Lord their God. And Moses fell on his face and prayed and said, O Lord my God, do not forsake thy people and thy inheritance, so that they should wander in the error of their hearts, and not deliver them into the hands of their enemies, the Gentiles, lest they should rule over them, and cause them to sin against thee. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be lifted upon thy people, and create in them an upright spirit, and let not the spirit of Belial to rule over them and accuse them before thee, and to ensnare them from all the paths of righteousness, so that they may perish from before thy face. But they are thy people in thy inheritance, which thou hast delivered with thy great power from the hands of the Egyptians, to create in them a clean heart and a holy spirit, And a Holy Spirit. <laughs> and let them not be ensnared in their sins from henceforth unto eternity. And the Lord said unto Moses, I know their contrariness and their thoughts and their stiff nakedness, and they will not be obedient until they confess their own sin. And the sin of their fathers. First Kings eleven six. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh the detestable, idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. First Kings eleven two. From the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. 1 Kings 11, 3, or go 3, 4, and 5. He had seven, this is Solomon, he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, M-I-L-C-O-M, Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites, Molech, and Milcom of the Ammonites. Molech and Milcom of the Ammonites. The KJV translates Strong's H4445 in the following manner, Milcom, Malcolm. And... Whew, 
which is the root word etymology here h h4428 is translated as king royal hamalek malcolm m a l c h a m or molek hmm. malcolm or molek so that molek or milcom of the ammonites that solomon had been turned towards later on in life Molech, meaning king, the god of the Ammonites and the Phoenicians, to whom some of the Israelites sacrificed their infants to in the valley of Hinnom. And Malcolm here, an idol of the Moabites and Ammonites. Okay. Alright, so let's circle back here to H6664, the straight paths. One of the root words of Melchizedek. Straight paths. What is right, just, normal, rightness, justness of weights and measures. Weights and measures. Ooh. Measurements. If you remember, if you've been following along, it's about the measurements of the angels have a greater implication than just being a boring part of the scripture that you skip over because it's boring. When you realize that it's an activation, a lot of it is an activation. It's an activation. It's not boring anymore. Remember the book of Enoch that mentions in the that mentions the epa, the tenth, E-P-H-A-H, the epa, the tenth. And as I was writing this, these notes here, the software started automatically highlighting the tenth in green. And again, the epa in the Bible was the dry measure equivalent to a bushel, the one-tenth. And here it is in the book of Enoch, in those days shall the kings of the earth and the mighty men who have gained the world by their achievements become humble in countenance for in the day of their anxiety and the trouble of their souls shall not be saved and they shall be in subjection to those whom I have chosen. I will cast them like hay into the fire and like lead into the water. Thus shall they burn in the presence of the righteous, and sink in the presence of the holy. Nor shall a tenth part of them be found. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, uh. It's like electrocuting my whole right hand. Oh, man. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. But in the day of their trouble, the world shall obtain tranquility. That describes the wicked world leaders who burn in the presence of the righteous. Our world leaders who sacrifice to Moloch, the wicked demon god of the Ammonites in the Bohemian Grove. Selah.
Blessed be the name of the Lord of hosts. I was going downstairs, just doing my chores and just tidying things up. I will go downstairs to get some things. And I run into my, you know, some people for, you know, human interaction. <laughs> and I just go in over there and I stand there and these new people, these new people are moving in. And they just looked at me and they're just like, what did they say? It was like something crazy about the sun. They were like, like, you look like the brightness of the sun. <laughs> okay. I thank them very much for that. It's encouraging. It's encouraging the signs and the wonders. And it's good that the signs and wonders follow what the Father is doing in your life. It's a good thing. I told this to a sister in Christ today, and this really resonated, so I believe this is a word for the body of Christ. It is not selfishness for you to know and believe who you are in Christ, who the Father says you are. You war with the prophecies over your life. The prophetic word, the prophetic gifts that have been placed inside you, stir them up. Go to war with them. Encourage yourself in the Lord, in his name, in his character that's being formed within you. That's who you are in him. More and more like him. More humility. More love. More power. More of him formed within you. And that's where we're going by the grace of God. So we just speak that over you today in faith. Let the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be formed within you, that you would reflect His brightness. In Jesus' name, amen. The meaning of epa, meaning an ancient Hebrew unit of a dry measure equal to one-tenth of a homer, or a little over a bushel. Not even a tenth of them will be found. Not even a bushel of them will be found. A bushel measurement. From Matthew 5, no one, after lighting a menorah, places it under a measuring basket. The word for measuring basket here is bushel. Matthew 5:15 in the King James Version, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Matthew 5.15 No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on the lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. You put the translations together and you get this. No one, after lighting a menorah, places it under a bushel but on a candlestick or on a lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. No one, after lighting the menorah within, 
places it under a bushel, but on a lampstand, where it gives light for everyone in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name. St. Teresa of Avila wrote Interior Castle, Interior Castle, under the power of obedience, toward the end of her life. Starting the book, Interior Castle, on June 2nd, 1577, and finishing it on November 29th of the same year. She started it on my birthday. I realized this fact on my birthday a few years ago. And some of you have been getting that word about how important November 29th is. I feel fire in my legs. Some of you who are watching this, or you will watch this, and even some of you who have messaged me about November, I feel fire right now. Thank you, Father. You've messaged me about November 29th. This is the word that you've been waiting for. It is the day that St. Teresa of Avila finished writing the interior castle. It's an important day. Seven interior castles. The seven planetary castles within and above the sun. Oh, yes. Once you pass through. Oh, it's getting exciting. I'm excited for you. You're going to do it. Come on. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. Ooh. <laughs> not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit within you. Seven interior castles. The seven planetary castles within, within you, and above the sun. grace for me. It's really heavy. Once you pass through the mind, down into the heart, and begin the work, you are working on the interior castles. Beauty, strength, mercy, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and the crown. The Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus. Ah, he created it and called it good, okay? Don't be saying that Uranus is the devil's butthole because it's not. It belongs to the living God. He made it. He created the heavens and the earth. Praise God. Selah. Oh, it's just so exciting. <laughs> you guys are going to do great. 
Just remember, it's still not for your brain. Put it into your brain and you crucify it and let it go down into your spirit, through your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. We're speaking this over you and speaking this through you and to you in your spirit that it might be activated in you today as an overcomer. You are called. You are chosen. Answer the call. <laughs> now, okay, then he brought it to my attention. having to do with the the inverse of things the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we're confronting in the heavenlies by walking in the pure lightning pathways of the tree of righteousness the tree of life the olive tree of life If you look at in the Greco and Roman mythology, and this is what, you know, the Freemasons, they practice in their lodge, there is an observation to them of the owl. I don't know how else to say this, but the owl and the she-goat, one is the bird and one is the beast, because they have above and below or whatever. But the owl and the she-goat, that is that breasted man woman goat the she goat with you know the breasted goat and the owl they are like one and to them that is their olive tree and uh, as you know you know like all the evergreen trees have been really perverted since the fall of creation the fall of man and the fall of creation the the creation of the earthen vessel adam and eve if you corrupt the earthen vessel, then the earth is corrupt, you understand? So it's all the creation that fell. It's that owl and the she-goat. Oh, Lord. Macria, can I? So, as an evergreen, a fragrant shrub. Oh, yeah. So that's the olive... Okay, their false olive tree, the owl, and the she-goat, that is Molech, the owl. If you guys, the bohemian groves and all that, you always see the owl, or Satan, the she-goat. It's always the owl and the she-goat at the top of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The top of their fake, false uh, Christmas tree. Their tree, and their cosmic tree of wickedness, unrighteousness. Molech, remember? It's the imitation of the king of righteousness. It's the king of unrighteousness with the appearance of righteousness. They are, this is what the Lord told me the other night, uh, right before Brandon started reading scripture coming against them. And so I shared this with him too, that the cherubs, the cherubim of the unrighteous tree of the knowledge of good and evil is Moloch and Pan, the owl and the goat, the, you know, Baphomet. Ooh, 
because in that you have all that goat nature pride and that Molech nature of lust as cover their wings of their fallen covering cherubim of the satanic order of Melchizedek. And what we are rising in as becoming the angel-like sons of God in true, pure, holy righteousness of Jesus Christ himself formed within us, learning directly from God the Father as our teacher. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being formed within us to raise up a generation of righteous, righteous ones will be pure, the called, the chosen, the faithful. And as I told him these things, and he's reading Jubilees out loud, we felt that confrontation, we we're literally confronting Molech and Pan as us being the two cherubs on the top of the tree of righteousness and heading, you know, heading that direction to, you know, expose that. So as they're being exposed by the light of those revelations and the revelations of purity and righteousness, Literally, there was a confrontation, and then I saw into the spirit realm them go back and cover with their wings and withdraw and hide in darkness. So that's also very encouraging that they, you know, were going into hiding. It's always interesting around here. But now, for those of you who have been going on this journey and following online on Facebook and here on YouTube for some time, now it'll make sense to you why we had to fight those blue serpents of false revelation. If you remember, I saw the Holy Spirit at my right hand and he showed me these things in a vision, in a trance, in open, like I was literally looking at it. And he showed me my spirit and Brandon's spirit, not just for us too, but as an example for what we're doing and what we're going to be doing two by two into the ark. This is for you too. The transfiguration in your spirit. Enoch, he was first transfigured in spirit. So when I saw the Holy Spirit at my right hand, showing me my spirit and Brandon's spirit in a cloud covering, like a metamorphosis cocoon of the glory cloud in the spirit, in our spirits. He showed me at that time the false the serpents of false revelation with their angel blue flashes that come to trick you into the- Oh, I saw an angel flash! That must be true! That must be a revelation! They do that on purpose because they take up chunks of the cloud covering. So there's a hole there in the cloud. And until you get a full cocoon, you can't transform your spirit. So that's why that whole season we dealt with the false revelation and beating those things away and getting them out, which we did by the grace of God. And then it whipped around and I saw our spirits transform into the appearance and likeness of cherubim with all their wings, you know, those long wings, and you'll recognize them as the type of angels that cover the Ark of the Covenant with those long wings, those multiple wings, like eight-winged cherubim with the lightnings and the cloud and all that. And so yeah, so now, as you can see, all those things in that season were a purpose so that as covering cherubim now transfigured in spirit because of our obedience to getting rid of all those false revelations 
that we went through all kinds of war, you know, if you've been with us this time, you understand. Or at least you can understand, even in part, how important that was and why that happened. We want you to transfigure, to reject false revelations, to walk in purity and in righteousness, to transfigure spirit into the angelic-like sons of God, first in the spirit. And as you transfigure into spirit, it's burning through your soul and through your flesh to be saved, full salvation, inside and out, and all throughout. That's what the plan is. That's what we're doing. Glory to God. Selah. Pause and calmly ascend. Because there's no other way to confront fallen cherubim in the celestial realm unless you become that as a light being, a cherubim. Transfigured forever in your spirit. So, looking here again at the false version of these things, of their false tree in the celestial realm, would they have, in their station of Venus, in its fallen state, the bird for that is not an owl, but a dove. And the animal for that is a he-goat. And that is their myrtle tree of their um, false, fallen corruption of the 14 trees evergreen of Enoch. Right, you see we have the perversion of Hollywood. That's the most obvious one. But they have the perversion of the olive tree, which we just mentioned is the owl and the she-goat and there uh, for the station of you know Venus or Aphrodite it's the dove it's the he-goat it's the myrtle tree so as an evergreen fragrant shrub associated with watercourses the myrtle is a symbol of the recovery and establishment of God's promises why is it that there's such a struggle in charismatic Christianity and in most believers' lives for the recovery of the promises and the establishes of the promises. This is why. Oh, this is why. Venus, the false, the the false morning star of the fallen interpretation of things. Oh, Jesus Christ is the true morning star. For every good and perfect thing from the Father of Lights, the enemy has a corruption of it. They have a counterfeit. Right? Because the only reason that counterfeit $20 bills exist, even counterfeit $1 bills, is because the real one has value. So people seek to steal money kill people and take money, right, for an example, anything that's true and of value, 
the enemy comes to steal, or kill, or destroy. It's all counterfeit. So Venus, the false morning star, the false white dove of Venus is the he-goat, the counterfeit myrtle tree of the false white dove of the alchemy of light by the perversion of twisting lust into a supposedly acceptable form of love by transmutation or alchemy by following the scriptures. What it is is it is trying to practice the white dove outside of the sun, which is actually high-level Baphomet activity. To them, it looks like the white dove in the sun because of the stolen light of the counterfeit morning star appearing as a sun to them. It shines in the morning and the evening, having the appearance of purity. A favorite verse of this demon god is, to the pure, all things are pure, and love never stops loving. These scriptures, used outside of the sun of righteousness for alchemy, is high-level sorcery of lust and pride. The white owl is the she-goat of the counterfeit olive tree. False wisdom outside of the sun of righteousness. Ever learning but never changing. The counterfeits of these white birds, the owl and the white dove, the counterfeits of these white birds never remove sin, only attempt to lessen it with a greater appearance of purity. The she-goat Baphomet Pan is also the pale white owl of Satan. You can see this in the movie Labyrinth. There's a lot of stuff just out in the open. The occultist making movies. I like that movie. <laughs> that pale white owl of Satan. I've actually seen that owl physically manifest in years past when I started to come onto the path of serving God. It was right before my third encounter with Satan. I didn't realize that that was him. But uh, it felt demonic, felt really wicked, really evil. But it was like literally like it wasn't even natural. It looked like it was glowing, but like in a false light way. It was like right over my door. Right, <laughs> used to like. Oh man, that's when I lived among scorpions physically. Praise God. But I saw that thing, and it, it was. Oh yeah, the enemy is a shapeshifter, you know. Alright, Pan's Labyrinth, backed by Pandemonium. The she-goat Baphomet Pan is also the white owl of Satan, Pan's Labyrinth, backed by Pandemonium. How do you take the house or the castle? You first bind the strongman. Every interior castle, or interior mansion, and every room in that mansion is progressively filled with light as you realize the glory of Jesus Christ within your spirit, the seven spirits of God, the journey of union with God. Those seven spirits of God fill the seven interior castles. Hmm. How do you take 
the house or the castle. You first bind the strongman. Every interior castle or interior mansion and every room in that mansion is progressively filled with true glory light. As you realize the glory of Jesus Christ within your own spirit, the seven spirits of God, the journey of union with God, those seven spirits of God fill the seven interior castles. This is the light of the menorah lamp, the promise of the soul of Moses to behold God with an unveiled face. With an unveiled face. An unveiled face. Behold God with an unveiled face. The testament is still veiled to those who read it and who have not realized Christ within their own spirit and serve him with their whole heart, mind, body, and spirit. Now when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, muzzled the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of their number, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which kind of commandment is great and important, the principal kind in the law? Some, or as this uh, amplified here expounds, some commandments are light, which are heavy. Weights, measurements. And he replied to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, intellect. This is the great, most important principle and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments sum up and depend, and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. Notice in Deuteronomy, instead of heart, soul, and mind, or intellect, it says heart, soul, and strength. The strength of the mind or intellect. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Strength of the mind or intellect, the white moon, glorified mind, not by might, not by power, but by my Holy Spirit, the seven spirits of God, and full spectrum, white, pure, glory light, reflected by the white moon, which is the mind in full orbit and reflection of the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within. As the mind orbits the earth, the spirit, the bowels of compassion, the treasure in the earthen vessel, the moon reflects the light of the sun, no longer in partial phases of the moon, being blocked by a darkened earth, but the earth vessel having become a star again. A star and a host. A sun of righteousness with no shadow of turning within illuminates and shines. The moon, the mind, no longer a dead rock, but the word of the song of both Moses and the Lamb speaks to the rock the mind and the river gushes out with living water up from the belly 
of the earthen vessel in the spirit, one with the spirits of God, one with the seven spirits of God, gushing through with living water, river of fire, pure glory streams through like a menorah lamp, through the heart, the soul, the glorified son of righteousness, a peacemaker, a son of God, all the luminaries in their proper orbit. No longer encompassed by the dust of the living. Ooh. Okay. No longer encompassed by the dust of the earth, living as fallen serpent food for the enemy. But a bright and shining light as the stars in the sky by the spirit and the river of Elijah, John the Baptist, returning the children to the Father in the third heavens through the secret stairway in the sky. It's time to light the menorah! <laughs> Bang! Light the menorah. In Jewish tradition, the menorah, with its tree-like form and ornamentation, is often associated with the burning bush as well as the tree of life. Revelation. Remember, Matthew 5.15. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on the lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. No one, after lighting menorah, places it under a bushel but on a candlestick. Or on a lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. Remember, no one, after lighting the menorah within, places it under a bushel, the epa, but on a lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house of the Lord. In Revelation 1, 12-13, the Apostle John experiences a vision of Christ, standing amid seven candlesticks. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden circle. Most modern translations refer to the seven candlesticks as seven golden lampstands. Jesus spoke to John in the vision and explained what the seven candlesticks were. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are 
the seven churches. The seven churches represented by the seven candlesticks were actual churches that existed at the time John experienced the vision. The churches were located in seven cities in West Asia Minor. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Jesus Christ addresses a letter to each of these churches, and it includes the words of commendation, criticism, and consolation. This part of Revelation comprises the What is Now section of Revelation. Revelation 11.6 And for that last part before this, you can see Revelation 1.19. Okay, Revelation 11.6 these have power to shut heaven, so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy, and they have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all the plagues as often as they desire. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all the plagues as often as they will. Number one, power to shut the heaven, Elijah. Two, turn the waters to blood, Moses, Elijah and Moses. The law, Moses. The prophets, Elijah. What did Jesus say sums up the law and the prophets? These two precepts comprehend the substance of all the law and the prophets, of all the witnesses of Moses and Elijah. What two commands? Oh, and that is the Mace New Testament translation. These two precepts comprehend the substance of all the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah. And in the J.B. Rotherham Emphasized Bible, Matthew twenty-two forty. In these two commandments, all the law is contained, and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, the power to shut up the heavens, and the power to turn the water into blood. Zechariah 4, looping back around here, Amplified Classic. And the angel who talked with me came again and awakened me like a man who was wakened out of his sleep and he said to me what do you see I see and behold a lampstand of all gold with its bowl for oil on top of it and it's seven lamps on it and there are seven pipes to each of the seven lamps which are upon the top of it and there are two olive trees by it one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of it feeding it continuously with oil so I asked the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel with me answered me and said, 
do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my lord. And he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, not by might, not by power, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. The Anointed One is the King of Righteousness. For who are you, O great mountain of human obstacles? Before Zerubbabel, who, with Joshua, had led the return of the exiles from Babylon and was undertaking the rebuilding of the temple, before him you shall become a plain, a mere molehill, and he shall bring forth the finishing gable stone of the new temple with loud shoutings of the people crying, Grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house, the moon. Oh, what? His hands shall also finish it. From the foundation to the crown. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house. His hands shall also finish it. Then you shall know, recognize, and understand that the Lord of hosts has sent me his messenger to you. Who with reason despises the days of small things. For these seven shall rejoice when they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro throughout the whole earth. The seven eyes coming out through the mind, white moon, seven eyes, seven horns, unlimited oil, never-ending righteousness, everlasting righteousness, the anointed one, the oil representing the Holy Spirit, the anointed one, Jesus Christ, the seven spirits of God. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro. Seven eyes of the Lord running to and fro throughout the whole earth. I just want to run around with the crown. Why does he want to run around with the crown? So sings the Holy Spirit. The creature within me. The creature within us. Why does he want to run around with the crown? Hey, the glorification of the seven eyes and the seven horns blazing through your heart, all the way up through the mind, a white moon, the stone of Joshua, the seven eyes. From the foundation to the crown, on earth as it is in heaven. Then I said to him, the angel who talked with me, what are these two olive trees? on the right side of the lampstand and on the left side of it. A second time I said to him, What are these two olive branches 
which are beside the two golden tubes or spouts, by which the golden oil is emptied out. And he answered me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my lord. Then he said, These are the two sons of oil, Joshua the high priest and Zerubbabel the prince of Judah, the two anointed ones who stand before the Lord of the whole earth as his anointed instruments. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Not by power, power here, the Hebrew word koa, meaning strength, power, might, human strength, strength of angels, strength, power of God, strength of animals, strength produce wealth, wealth of soil, or a small reptile, probably a kind of lizard which is unclean, perhaps an extinct animal, exact meaning is unknown. Wow, not by lizard power, <laughs> not by lizard power. And not by might, uh, the Hebrew word kayil or hayil, meaning strength, might, efficiency, wealth, army, strength, ability, wealth, force, army. So you could say not by might, not by human wealth or armies, not by human ability, nor by power, nor by lizard reptilian power. <laughs> But by the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits of God, which is the oil you see, Zechariah. But by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, Zechariah 4. Not by money, not by lizard power, but by the seven spirits of God. Hallelujah. What are these two olive branches which are beside the golden tubes? The two golden tubes are spouts by which the golden oil is emptied out. In another translation, an old one from 1917. And I answered the second time, and I said unto him, What are these two olive branches which are beside the two golden spouts that empty the golden oil out of themselves? That's from the JPS Tanakh 1917 version. <laughs> I know, I know, you've already read that one a million times, but I'm just sharing that in case you want to look. And then in the Brenton Septuagint translation. And I asked a second time. And I said to him, What are the two branches of the olive tree that are by the side of the two golden pipes that pour into and communicate with the golden oil funnels? Whoa. What are the two branches of the olive trees that are by the side? of the two golden pipes that pour into and communicate with the golden oil funnels. Back to Epa, the meaning of Epa, if you haven't have it memorized by now, E-P-H-A-H, -H, is an ancient Hebrew unit of dry measure equal to one-tenth of a homer or a little over a bushel. Remember, no one takes a menorah lamp and hides it under a bushel in Epa. No one hides it under an Epa. Zechariah 5, the flying scroll. I looked again, and there before me was a flying scroll. 
He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll, 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide, and he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the whole land. For according to what it says on one side, every thief will be banished, and according to what it says on the other, everyone who swears falsely will be banished. The Lord Almighty declares, I will send it out, and it will enter by, it will enter the house of the thief and the house of anyone who swears falsely by my name. It will remain in that house and destroy it completely, both its timbers and stones. The Woman in a Basket Then the angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me, Look and see what is appearing, and I asked, What is it? He replied, It is a basket. The basket here is the word epa, or bushel. And he added, This is the iniquity of the people throughout the land. Then the cover of the lead was raised, and there in the basket sat a woman. He said, This is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and pushed its lead cover down on it. Then I looked up, and there before me were two women with the wind in their wings. They had the wings of those like a stork, and they lifted up the basket between heaven and earth. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel who was speaking to me. He replied, to the country of Babylonia to build a house for it. When the house is ready, the basket will be set there in its place. And then the Amplified Classic. Oh, yes. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift up now your eyes and see that... and see what this is that goes forth. And I said, what is it? What does it symbolize? And he said, this that goes forth is an epa-sized vessel for separate grains all collected together. This, he continued, is the symbol of the sinners mentioned above and is the resemblance of their iniquity throughout the whole land. And behold, a round flat weight of lead was lifted and there sat a woman in the midst of the epa sized vessel the bushel and he said this is lawlessness wickedness and he thrust her back into the epicized vessel and he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth of it and then he lifted his eyes and behold there were two women coming forward the wind was in their wings and they had wings like the wings of a stork and they lifted the epicized vessel between the earth and the heavens Then I said to the angel who talked with me, Where are they taking the epicized vessel? And he said to me, To the land of Shinar, Babylonia, to build it a house, and when it is finished, to set up the epicized vessel, the symbol of such sinners and their guilt, there upon its own base. Epa as a boy's name is of Hebrew origin and the meaning of Epa is darkness. And as I looked at this, Bob Jones' voice in the background on a video said, Those who dwell in darkness. Ooh. 
we're gonna finish this up here in just a minute, but I am going to grab some water, and I will be right back. Darkness, gloom, or flying is the name of Epa. So one of the names of one of the sons of a son of Abraham. Epa, darkness, the wickedness, unrighteousness, woman, fallen nature of the soul of man. Woman, representing soul, as she was taken out of man. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, dividing us under spirit and soul. Reenacted in the flesh by the separation of man and woman in the Garden of Eden. What did Zechariah see about the woman? Wickedness in the epa, basket, bushel, darkness. And he said to me, Huyara Kushkara. Let's take a look at it one more time. The woman in a basket. It is the iniquity of the people throughout the land. And the cover of the lead was raised, and there was a, in the basket set a woman. He said, This is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and pushed its lead cover down on it. The lead cover that the angel pushed back over the iniquity of the woman mystery, Babylon the Great. Remembering the end of Ze Zechariah 5, then I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they taking the epa, the bushel-sized vessel? And he said to the land of Shinar, Babylonia, to build it a house. And then when it is finished to set up the epa-sized vessel, the symbol of such sinners and their guilt upon its own base. To set it upon its own base. Is Babylon and Babylonia the same? Here we take a look here. Because the city of Babylon was the capital of this area for so many centuries, the term Babylonia has come to refer to the entire culture that developed in the area from the time it was first settled about 4000 BCE, before Babylon's rise to political prominence. The king of Shinar, mentioned in the Bible as Amraphel, means one that speaks of secrets. Babylon, Babylonia, the very essence and culture of that wickedness, of the fallen nature of mankind where Zechariah saw the woman of wickedness mystery, Babylon the Great, and the epa-sized vessel, 
to set up a house to build her house in Shinar, Babylon, and to set up the epicized vessel there, the symbol of such sinners and darkness to be a base. Base here meaning pedestal or foundation. In the language of mystery, this has the effect of the using of the black moon as an epa or bushel to cover the light, hide the menorah lamp, under a bushel under the darkness of wickedness of Lady Babylon the Great, whose king is the keeper of secrets of darkness, stands deep secrets to keep the people enslaved, and ensnared and ignorant of the order of the stars, lest they should arise in righteousness in the dawning of day of the Son of Righteousness with healing in his wings from the inside of the believers. The angel covered her with a lead covering and pushed her back inside the epa. What does the spirit remind us concerning the lead and the rulers of darkness of this world and their sons? Enoch. In those days, downcast in countenance shall be the kings of the earth. In those days, downcast in countenance, shall the kings of the earth have become, and the strong who possess the land because of the works of their hands, the rulers of wickedness. For on the day of their anguish and affliction shall not be able to save themselves, and I will give them over into the hands of mine elect, as straw in the fire, so shall they burn before the face of the holy, and as lead in the water shall they sink before the face of the righteous, and no trace of them shall be any more found. As lead, lead in the water, shall they sink before the face of the righteous. As lead in the water before the face of the righteous. Daniel 7.22 Until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. Psalm seventeen fifteen. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. To behold the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their brightness, we begin to reflect their light as the moon does the sun, and as the sun does the Creator God, giving light to all the world. That is why Jesus said, Matthew 5.14, You, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, under a bushel, an epa of darkness. The lunar eclipse is coming. It has been about a year since the sun within me turned blood red for the first time. Now tonight, on November 8th, we will have a blood moon in the natural by the grace of God for the body of Christ, signs in the heavenlies. Let the black moon be cleansed and washed away from the earth, the earthen vessels, the people of God, and be filled with light full of glory, 
true, pure, agape light from God the Father in Jesus' name. Psalm 18, 28-32 For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. Hallelujah. It is the Lord. He is a sun and a shield. A sun and a shield. To provide all that you need. In the pathways of righteousness, the true order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Visions of chariots. The testimony established by two or three witnesses. The verbal testimony of two or three witnesses. Thank you, Father. Wonderful Father, let your light shine before all the world. Let your lamp illuminate the house of the Lord in every room, in every castle, in every mansion in all your interior castles, and all of this exterior world might be lit up by the light of righteousness, the holy, the righteous, the holy, and the elect, the called, the chosen, and the faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.